This December 16th and 17th, Northwest Valley Baptist Church presents A Walk Through Christmas, a special night of fun and excitement for all ages. Come and see the live nativity scene with animals and narration. Listen to live Christmas music and caroling while enjoying hot chocolate and coffee. Take part in crafts for kids and explore our candy cane forest. Take a complimentary family picture at one of our photo booths. Get your free tickets at walkthroughchristmas.org or go to Eventbrite and search Walk Through Christmas. I want you to see some characteristics of half-hearted obedience here because these are things that characterize many times us as believers. We have half-hearted obedience. I'm Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Well, today we bring you our final message in our study of the lives of Elijah and Elisha, prophets of ancient Israel, with part two today of a message titled, Half-Hearted Obedience. We are in 2 Kings chapter 13 as we come to the end of Elisha's time on earth and his last prophetic encounter with the kings of Israel. Let's pick things up where Dr. Shaw left off last time as he describes a moment when King Jehu insists upon showing off his, quote, zeal for the Lord. So Jehu gives his hand to this man and he brings him up into the chariot. And then he says here, verse 16, here's what he says. Come with me. And see my zeal for the Lord. So they made him ride in his chariot. And when he came to Samaria, he slew all that remained unto Ahab in Samaria. Till he had destroyed him according to the saying of the Lord, which he spake unto Elijah. And Jehu gathered all the people together and said unto them, Ahab served Baal a little, but Jehu shall serve him much. And we talk about the, we have the wiping out of all of, and he does this by means of a um, subtlety and trickery, wiping out all of the followers of, of Baal in the land of Israel. And it said, but let's skip down with me to verse 28, though. But Jehu destroyed Baal out of, thus Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel. Howbeit, from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel the sin, Jehu departed not from them, to wit, the golden calf that were with, that were in Bethel, uh, calves that were in Bethel and that were in Dan. Now let me describe this just for a moment. Jehu was all excited about getting rid of all the Baal worshippers. 
And he got rid of all the Baal worshippers. And he, he wiped all of that and drove them all out, all those idolaters out of the land of Israel. That, that was all well and good. But what Jehu did not do is he did not get rid of the other false worship that existed in Israel before the Baal worshippers. And that was the false worship that was set up during the time of Jeroboam. And Jeroboam was the first king of Israel when it divided from the southern kingdom. And what Jeroboam did was he took and set up a false place of worship in the northern kingdom because he did not want the children of Israel of the northern kingdom to be going down to Jerusalem and worshiping in Jerusalem. He felt politically it would undermine his position as a king of a competing Israelite nation. And so he set up a place of false worship, and he set up golden calf worship, which I think is very fascinating. It sounds like the same type of worship that the children of Israel practiced when they were coming out of Egypt when Moses was up on the mountain. Now, golden calf worship is interesting. The golden calf worship was ostensibly a way of worshiping Jehovah, but it was a false way of worshiping Jehovah. Now, it's, what's fascinating with all of this is, is, is this, this concept. I'm going to get rid of worshiping false gods, but I'm going to say it's still okay for me to worship the true God any old way I want. He went halfway, not all the way. And, and this is Jehu's, Jehu's legacy. Now, I, I, what's fascinating about Jehu is that he had all the zeal. He had all the enthusiasm. There is, I don't know if we, we have any Old Testament uh, character who went at it as hard as Jehu. Let me, can I just remind you of something? Obedience to God, the glory of God, being pleasing to God, is not defined by how zealous you are, but how obedient you are. Have you seen this? Somebody gets saved or somebody just, their life transforms and they're, they're, all, they're on, and you hear people say, they're on fire for a while about certain things in certain portions of their life. Give me someone who was diligent and determined to do everything that God wants them to do. See, what happens here is this type of half-hearted obedience is incomplete obedience. Um, it's defined by zeal. It's, it's, special, it's specialized. It's only about the moment. Let me show you another person. 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. Jehu dies, and the next king in Jehu's line is Jehoahaz. Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, who becomes king in Israel. And we're following the line of Jehu, and we're seeing a pattern. And here's what happens in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 1 through 8. The first thing is this incomplete, zealous obedience. It's like Jesus described uh, the sower and the seeds. That seed comes up, and then in the withering day, it, it, it withers away. The second is it's only about the moment. It's just about the consequences of of the moment, half-hearted obedience. Verse 3, verse, chapter 13, verse 1. In, in the three and twentieth year of Joash, the son of Ahaziah, king of Judah, that's the southern kingdom, Jehoahaz, this is the son of Jehu, the son of Jehu began to reign over Israel and Samaria, that's the northern kingdom. 
And he reigned 17 years, and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, and followed the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which made Israel the sin, he departed not therefrom. In other words, the compromise of his father, Jehu, in not getting rid of the golden calf worship, the worship at Samaria, that corruption of Old Testament Judaism, Instead of, instead of getting rid of that, he simply carried on. He, he, was, he was content just to keep going, keep doing the things that everybody else did. He just, he just wants to, to live and let live and everything to go fine and do whatever he wants. And, that, and that's what's happening here with Jehoahaz. And so we, be, we begin in verse 3, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he delivered them into the hand of Hazael, king of Syria, and to Ben-Hadad, the son of Hazael, all their days. And Jehoahaz besought the Lord. Now, he's not worshiping God. And he's not getting rid of the false worship, the worship of Jeroboam. And so God, what does God do? God responds by delivering them unto the Syrians. Unto Hazael and then Ben-Hadad, the next Ben-Hadad, who's the son of Hazael. Of the Syrians. And so it says here that what happens when trouble comes then he seeks the Lord. See, half-hearted, how does half-hearted obedience look? Well, for some, it's just really zealousness to begin with, but an unwillingness to follow through. For some, half-hearted obedience is, oh no, I'm in trouble. I need God to help me. It's just out of getting out of the consequences of the moment. It's all about right now. And that's what we see with him. Jehoahaz besought the Lord, and the Lord hearkened unto him. Isn't that amazing? He sought, he's living disobediently. He's under the consequences of this disobedience. He seeks God, and this wonderful, merciful, glorious, inexplicable God of the Old Testament hears and responds. And the Lord gave Israel a Savior. And the, Jehoahaz besought the Lord, the Lord hearkened to him, for he saw the oppression of Israel because of the king of Syria oppressed them. And the Lord gave Israel a Savior. We don't even know who the Savior was. It just says, and God gave Israel a Savior, probably some foreign country, to come in and to be, to fight with them and deliver them from the Syrians. Doesn't even describe who the Savior was. It's not talking about Jesus Christ. It's not talking about New Testament concepts. This is talking about another foreign entity that came in and helped deliver Israel, the northern kingdom, from the oppression that they were facing. We'll get back to more about the mysterious Savior that God sent to help King Jehu in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. And part two today of our final lesson in our study of the life and times of Elisha, the prophet, titled Half-Hearted Obedience. Visit daretostand.org to find out more about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio program. Many in our community struggle with addiction. Here's Dr. Shaw to talk about an addiction recovery ministry at his church called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. 
All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thanks, Dr. Shaw. If you would like more details about the addiction recovery ministry called Freedom That Lasts, please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church, 623-581-3115. And now let's get back to Dr. Shaw and hear more about Israel's chronic need for deliverance from their enemies. Here's our teacher. And so they saved the Savior who went in out and from under the hand of the Syrians with the children that dwelt in their excuse me from the children of Israel dwelt in tents as before time. Nevertheless, they departed not. So we have this great need. Isn't that interesting? It's all about the present suffering. But it's not about truly turning to God. God just help me. This is one of the difficulties that you have in dealing with people who are facing the consequences of their sin. They want to show up in church. Maybe you've seen this. They want to show up in church, sometimes even a Friday night, you know? They want to show up because things are bad. And they're going to be, long, be there long enough till things are okay again. And then, when they're just okay enough to survive, I'm going to go back to do the things that I did before. Because all I really want is relief from my suffering. And that's exactly what happened with Israel. God delivered them. Nevertheless, verse 6, they departed not from the sins of the house of Jeroboam, who made Israel to sin, but walked therein. And there remained the grove also in Samaria, that's the Asherah pole. Neither did he leave the people to Jehoahaz, but 50 horsemen, 10 chariots, 10,000 footmen, for the king of Syria had destroyed them. It's not about turning to God. And they went on to suffer. It's also for show. Now we come to Jehoash. Jehoash is the passage of Scripture that we just talked about in, in 2 Kings chapter 13, beginning in verse 10. In the 37th year of Jehoash, king of Judah, began Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, to reign over Israel in Samaria. And he reigned 16 years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now notice this. This is the king that we're talking about that came to see Elisha when he was dying. He did evil of the sight of the Lord. He departed not from all the sins of Jeroboam. And I guarantee you, Elisha had condemned the sins of Jeroboam and this type of worship in Israel. He did, not, he did that which is evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, but he walked therein. And the rest of the acts of Joash and all that he did and his might were with, where he fought against Amaziah, king of Judah, are, not, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the King of Israel? So Joash slept, slept with his fathers. And, and Jeroboam sat um, upon his throne, and Joash was buried um, in Samaria. And Elisha was fallen sick, and he died, and Joash, sick, whereof, the sickness wherewith he died, and Joash, the king of Israel, came unto him and wept over him. Now it's interesting. Joash comes, and he weeps over him. But there is this insincerity. And how do we know it's insincerity? Because his behavior as king communicates his commitment to God more than all the crocodile tears in the world. And so lifestyle communicates. Words lie. 
People can tell you, oh, I love you, or oh, you're wonderful, but we, we have seen this throughout the life of Elisha. Words lie. And so we see that he comes, he weeps crocodile tears, but he doesn't really believe. Now, I, I want you to notice the result of half-hearted belief. Half-hearted belief results in half-blessings. We'll finish with this very carefully. Jehu was commended for his actions, for his zeal, for his obedience in carrying out the predictions of God with regard to the house of Ahab. But when Jehu was finished, Israel was diminished. In fact, we see the words described in 2 Kings chapter 10, verse 30 through 32. And the Lord said unto Jehu, because thou hast done well in executing that which is right in mine eyes. God is amazingly merciful. Because thou hast done that which is right in mine eyes, and hast done unto the house of Ahab according to all that was in my heart, thy children of the fourth fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. But Jehu took no heed, so he receives the blessing of God, but he takes no heed to walk in the law of God of Israel with all his heart, for he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, which made Israel to sin. And what was the result of that? Verse 32. In those days the Lord began to cut Israel short. And Hazael smote them in all the coasts of Israel, from Jordan eastward, all the land of Gilead, and the Gadites, and the Reubenites, and the Manassites, and the Era, and and Aror, which is by the river of Arnon, even Gilead and Basha. Now the rest of the acts of Jehu, and all that he did, and all of his might, are, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel? So there was a... He refused to obey, and Israel started this slow, painful, diminishing as section after section after section is lost. Half blessings and half cursings. God reduced the size of Israel. Let's go on. We have um, Jehoahaz. God provided a deliverer, but left the armies of Israel as only a shadow of their previous power. We saw that in verse 13. Now, God provided the deliverer. Remember, they prayed. They asked for a deliverer with um, Jehoahaz. And God sent them a deliverer, but they responded by not departing from the sins of the previous generation. And this is what happened. Now, it says, neither, verse 7, did he leave of the people of Jehoahaz, Jehoahaz but 50 horsemen. That was nothing of an army in that day. 50 horsemen. Ten, he had 10 chariots left. 10,000 footmen, for the king of Syria had destroyed them and made them like dust by the threshing. See, it's interesting when you want deliverance for the moment. That's what God gives you. Momentary deliverance. It's interesting that Jesus said the thing in the New Testament. When, when he talked about praying in public or praying in private, he said that the person that prays in public, that, that person that prays in public uh, so that everybody can see, Jesus said they have their reward. What they get is the thing that they sought. But they should have been seeking something different. It results in half-blessings. We see this in chapter 13, verse 4 through 7. God gives Jehoash three isolated victories. 
but not complete victories. See this in chapter 13, verse 20. Take a look. And Elisha died, and they buried him. And the bands of the Moabites invaded the land of the coming the land, land at the coming of the year, and it came to pass that they were as they were burying a man, that behold, they spied a man of a band of men, and they cast the man into the sepulchre of, of Elisha. And when the man let, was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he re, revived and stood up on his feet. But Hazael, by the way, that's an interesting miracle. I'm not going to try trying to describe it or go deal with it right now. But Hazael, king of Syria, pressed Israel all the days of Jehoahaz. And the Lord was gracious unto them and had compassion on them and he had respect unto them because of his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and would not destroy them, neither cast, cast them from his presence. So Hazael, the king of Syria, died and Ben-Hadad, his son, reigned in his stead. But, and Jehoahaz, the son of Jehoahaz, took again out of the hand of Ben-Hadad, the son of, the son of Hazael, the cities which he had taken out of the land, the hand of Jehoahaz, his father, by war. Three times, three times did Joash beat him and recovered the cities of Israel. Three victories. Hmm, that sounds like that crazy prophecy of Elisha for three military victories. We'll hear more about it when Dr. Shaw comes back in a moment. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Come visit our new worship center. Sunday worship service is at 930 a.m., Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K-12, through at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If Dr. Shaw's teaching is a blessing to you, we do encourage you to visit daretostand.org. Consider supporting this radio program with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Your donations help to keep Dr. Shaw on the radio. We would love to give you free copies of Pastor Shaw's teaching and minister to you personally. So please give us a call at Northwest Valley Baptist Church today, 623-581-3115. Let us serve you in any way we can. You're always welcome to visit Sunday morning service at 9.30 a.m. or Sunday evening discipleship at 6 p.m. Don't forget Dare to Stand airs Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same radio station. I'm Celeste Montague, inviting you to join us next time as we begin a new study in the book of Colossians. And now, here's Dr. Shaw with some closing thoughts about what we lose when we're not all in for God. 
do join us next time for more great Bible study right here on Dare to Stand. Remember the prophecy? Three victories. But how did Elisha characterize the three victories? You're going you're gonna to win three battles. But you could have won the war. You're going to win three battles. And those three battles are going to be significant. And those three battles are going to be helpful. But you could have had so much more. I wonder how much more God would do for us and through us if we were all in. <laughs>